Hey, Travis, I missed you last week. Justin, I, I waited up all night for you, and you never showed up. That's called getting stood up. I love you, though. Just a bit outside. Hello, welcome in. Just a bit outside. Harry Doyle, Fantasy Baseball Week 13 of 2019. Wins, losses, games, baseball. Justin Travis, welcome in, everybody. You are listening to, I am sure, we have won awards across the podcast landscape. Glad you're aboard for this very special Week 13 episode. Welcome back in, Justin. How are you, sir? Yes, Travis, I'm doing good. I'm glad to be here tonight. I did miss you last week, but it was Father's Day. We tried to schedule guest hosts, but our wives weren't having it. So um, I'm sorry, my wife wait. said she... Last week was Father's Day? That's why we took the night off, right? How come no one in my family told me Happy Father's Day? I, d- I had no idea. It's funny they told me. Uh, well this took a (laughs) very weird turn yes as always as always we like to open the show up with a little bit of what we call the first pitch well there's only one thing to do at a time like this play ball um i don't know if you've heard the story yet Uh, it came out just today on npr.com Researchers at Scotland University of St. Andrews have coaxed a seal to sing the first notes of Star Wars theme song and Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. There is a video out there. If you go to NPR and search up singing seal, you'll be able to hear the seal. We are actually recording on a different uh, platform tonight because we ran out of all 47 free trials that we were running on Zencaster. Uh, where you can't import our own audio, um, and I'm not going to do it in post, let's be honest. But guys, go out there and listen to Zola the Seal sing the Star Wars theme. So my opening pitch question for you, Travis, is if you could train a seal to sing any song out there, what song would it be, and what would it sound like? Mm. So I want you to sing it as Zola the Seal. Mm, I imagine it would be uh, Take Me Out to the Ball game, ballpark. Uh, you <laughs> You took a weird breath there. Take me out to the ball. <laughs> Park. Uh, I don't know what a seal sounds like. I, I have no idea. Was that a that was a really poor attempt? I I was trying to be a good sport. You asked. I tried to deliver. Hey. You did great. Just so you know, Mark Hamill, who played Luke Skywalker in the original Star Wars trilogy, tweeted a link to the video saying, looky there, another royalty for John Williams. So John Williams, the composer for Star Wars, still making money off of a singing seal. And the researchers are not sure if the seal actually recognizes that it's the song from Star Wars. <laughs> That's what it says in this article. The, so we're not sure that the, the seal realizes that it's singing such... A great song matter? from such a great movie, but he's singing the Star Wars thing <laughs> and also Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Oh, Speaking of epic galactic battles, though, Travis, yes. I think it's time for the big story. Yes. 
Week 13, Harry Doyle, Fantasy Baseball, big story of the week. That is a fight for first place in the Pedro Serrano division. Wichita White Wolves, Chris Dockhill taking on his childhood friend, his best friend, Zach and Ebony and Ivory. This game, Justin, just this very moment of recording got incredibly interesting. We are in the bottom of oh, the ninth. Of My computer just upgraded. Los or just Angeles updated Angels versus the St. Louis Cardinals. A moment ago, it was 6-1. L.A. to St. Louis 1. Bottom of the ninth. There are two outs. The Angels' lead has been cut to 6-4. And in this moment, this is going to be an exciting post-live recording. <laughs> Of Harry, uh, of Justin, bit outside. Justin, we have, and I mean this to the fraction. We have a tie. Wichita White Wolves, Ebony and Ivory, two ninety point eight three tie. We're gonna have to pay attention to this game. Our big story is post live keeping up with Angels and Cardinals because it means everything to Ebony and Ivory and Wichita White Wolves. Well, if you look at it right now, you'll see that Wichita White Wolves actually has Hansel Robles throwing in the ninth inning for the Angels. And for Ebony and Ivory, before we hit record, I said maybe Paul DeJong or DeJong or DeJang or whatever his name is will get up in the ninth and hit a six-run home run. He is actually on deck. Now, that is huge implications for Ebony and Ivory. Uh, Paul DeJong has 11 points thus far. <laughs> In this game, this week, three runs, three base hits, a double, one RBI, six strikeouts. Not the greatest of weeks for a shortstop, but it could be just enough right here as we give you the post-live breakdown of what is happening in this game, the big story of week 13. Paul DeJong is on the on-deck circle, and really it is the hope of Zach's ball club here to have a victory uh, against the Wichita White Wolves here in week 13. Hansel Robles just went 3-1 against the uh, the hitter prior to Paul, so it is a walk here will actually put Ebony and Ivory into the lead with their uh, with Paul DeJong coming up to the plate due to losing points for the walk for Hansel Robles. But then it could come down to if Hansel Robles gets that last out against Paul DeJong, we go back up or we go back to even, depending on what the scoring is. I don't have it memorized, but it's full count, two outs, bottom of the ninth. But Travis, while we wait for that last pitch, when you look at this matchup, I mean, on it's just, obviously it's very even. Um, but for Chris, 105 pitching points. It's obviously very even. It's a, exactly even, actually. Great analysis. Uh, Keep going. Uh, for Chris, 105 pitching points is not um, ideal. It's not what we normally see from his staff. A Trevor Bauer week of .5, a Blake Snell at negative three. It incited Chris to make a move for one of the top pitchers this week. Did not work out as planned for him, as we'll probably talk about that a little later. But um, what's up with Trevor Bauer? I don't know if you're paying much attention to his recent 
uh, scores and what he's done. He had a 28 point start and 16 point start, but he was, I mean, he had this, I mean, I guess he's doing great right now. Hell, I don't know. Um, but he was down for a while, but now, we, we have, have a, walk. a walk. Yes, I just the walk. It. The walk has happened. Ebony and Ivory is up yes, by half we a point. Have. Anyways, when you look at this matchup, where do we get? How do we get to two eighty three to or two hundred ninety point eight three to two hundred ninety point three three? What What do you see here that both teams under three hundred, both are used to scoring over three hundred? What happened this week? Yeah, so several things have happened. Now I'm waiting for the score to update from Sunday Night Baseball. Paul DeJong has walked against. No, Paul, I'm sorry. Paul DeJong's no, yeah, at the yeah, plate. I, I'm so sorry. Yes, you are correct. Paul, There has been a walk. Paul DeJong is now coming up as the tying run against Hansel Robles and the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, we have a huge moment in the big story of Week 13. Ebony and Ivory, Wichita White Wolves, literally tied down to the fraction 290.83. And both the guys now <laughs> on the mound and at the plate are in each of these teams' lineups. Uh, this, uh, I don't care if you find this exciting post on uh, post Sunday night baseball. I'm thrilled by this moment on just a bit outside. And to your question, let's remember how we got here because both these teams, Wichita White Wolves, Ebony and Ivory, at the moment are tied atop the Pedro Serrano division with seven and five records. These are best friends growing up. These are rivals in every sense. And these teams are coming down to the last at bat on Sunday night baseball in the week 13 scoring period. This, uh, this game has come down to the last at bat in, in many different ways. And, and really, if you look at Wichita White Wolves, uh, this is a week, as you mentioned, Justin, uh, the pitching has just been uh, not what we have grown accustomed to with the reigning champion, Wichita White Wolves. Blake Snell, negative nine, and Trevor Bauer, only a half point. Uh, that has been the difference in this game in a lot of ways. And Trevor Bauer and Blake Snell, over the last uh, at least two weeks, uh, if not three, have not been the caliber pitchers uh, over the last season or the first part of this season that we have grown accustomed to. Justin, we have a scoring change. Tell us what happened in Sunday Night Baseball. Wow. It appears that Paul DeJong's either flown out or grounded out. There was no strikeout, but Hansel Robles did close the game out. The final score, 291. For Wichita White Wolves, Ebony and Ivory, 290.83. separates the top two teams in their divisions, and Wichita White Wolves holds on to first place and retain sole possession. No, holds on to first place. He'll go two. Yeah. Wichita White Wolves, uh, eight and five now. With a 615 winning percentage, five and three in their division. Ebony and Ivory now falls to seven and six and two and five within this Pedro Serrano division. That is a heartbreaking loss of Rosette Hawley's Ebony and Ivory. 
So what I'm getting from this is basically Zach continues to beat the piss out of y'all's division, but he can't that win. That seemed ours. to be the case. I'm frustrated <laughs> still. If you can't tell. <laughs> wow, what a what a big story. Two ninety one to two ninety point eight three point one seventh of a point difference. Big story of week thirteen. Justin, on the flip side, Ebony and Ivory. Um, you know. Good week, balanced, if we, if you will, approached 163 on the offensive side, 127 from their pitching, and and really any week you have a balance like that where your your offense seems to be clicking, your pitching is all there, you don't have any negatives on the pitching side, you you kind of expect that you're going to win this kind of game. Oh, absolutely. I think whenever uh, you just like you said, looking at it and the way it was going, 290 point, 290 points, you should feel like you should be right there. Um, and just across the board with Jose Ramirez coming out and putting up 28 points, it's been a while since we've seen big numbers like that from him. Michael Conforto, 22.5. And he said the pitching staff putting up a 127. Uh, you would think you'd come out on top of this, but it is that offense that we've talked about all year for Wichita White Wolves putting up 185 points total. Uh, he's seeing what you want to see on your team, Travis, where his big names are putting up big points consistently every week. I know you've been waiting for that week where everything explodes for you. Cody Bellinger, 26, and that's not a knock on your team, but you would admit that. Nolan Arenado, 23. I mean, Manny Machado putting up 35, Juan Soto 36. That right there, if you can get four players putting up those kind of numbers, uh, I don't really care what your pitching staff's doing. It is tough to beat 185 total points on the offensive side. Absolutely, and what just an incredible you know mid-season game. Uh, you know, man, really thinking about this, these two teams they shared first place for a week here and. You know, uh, we didn't record last week, but that was obviously a game of the week just to pay attention to, and it did not disappoint. And I don't know about you, Justin, but I fully expect to see Wichita White Wolves, Ebony and Ivory uh, just continuing to do what they just did, fighting for that top spot and maybe even more as we get into the playoffs in a few weeks. Absolutely. I think we're going to uh, be coming down to the like, August 11th is what we talked about pre-shows when the trade deadline is. And I think you're going to see both of these teams, especially with the misfortune of Chris's trade this week. I know tr Chris is always looking to get better every week as, as we go through this thing. Um, and I know Zach is actively shopping, looking for trades out there. I think both of those are going to be very active teams as we approach that trade deadline. Um, I just... Uh, I'm interested to see if Zach can turn it around. And that sounds weird to say about a guy who's in his position, but against our division, um, you, I mean, you've got to win games in your division throughout for the season, for the most part, because eventually you're going to run out of games against the other side. So two and five, you would want to see Zach over the next three to four matchups, you know, win those three or four games, get to 500 or above and really set himself up for a good, a good run against, his conference or his division mates as we go into these playoffs, even though with the new playoff seedings, it may not match up where it's, you know, Chris versus Zach or whoever else land or whoever else may come out of our division. Um, I know Chris would, or not Chris, Zach would probably like to see a little better result against the guys. Yeah, and let's, more let's often. pause here and let's talk about the trade that happened this week. And, 
it obviously involved Wichita White Wolves, who just won by one by point one seventh of a point against Ebony and Ivory. Wichita White Wolves traded a prospect and Jorge Mateo of a uh, shortstop prospect from Oakland to Brady's six shooters in return. He took on uh, the contract essentially of Brian Dozier immediately buying him out and Frankie Montez, a stellar season for Frankie with Oakland starting pitching um, to your point. It seems that Wichita white wolves have targeted their, their pitching staff wanting to re bring in some reinforcements there and Frankie Montez was supposed to be that reinforcement but Justin I've never I it's the eighth season of Harry Dole fantasy baseball and just incredible that when that trade went through officially was it two hours maybe later that the news came out I got a I got a text message. Yeah, I got a text message from Chris. We were out getting the kids some new cleats for soccer season, and he said, "Hey, any chance you're by a computer? Can you approve that thing now that it's gone through? I'd like to clean." He was he was gonna be busy today or something and wanted to clean up his roster, and I said, "Sure, I cleaned, I, I approved it, sent it through for you." And then uh, within an hour, two hours max after I or it could have been longer, but that's what time frame i remember i got a text from blake that just said it was just a screenshot it was just with a laughing emoji um blake thought it was pretty funny and i'm not gonna lie i thought it was pretty funny i sent it to brady brady had no clue it had happened until like nine or ten o'clock that night because he's you know a college kid he was hammered drunk the whole time so he had no clue what was going on and uh he immediately is like, this isn't real. And I was like, go look it up. And he goes, good Lord. I'm glad I, cause I'm glad I pulled the trigger on that one. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Cause I mean, no matter what, I don't care when me and Brady and uh, we talked about this guy's name, I'll be transparent here. I was looking to Adam as well. And Brady's asking price for me was too high. I wasn't going with a prospect ranked as high as he wanted it ranked. And I told him that I wasn't doing that for a rental, especially in my situation. I could see somebody at the top of a division or the top of the standings wanting, being willing to make that move to stay in the race this year. But um, when he accepted it, I saw it and texted him and said, I just, wow, because that Dozier contract could possibly be the worst contract second only to my five-year contract to that one dude year two that made it another year before he retired. Luckily, it got you know erased because he retired at like 22 because he just sucked at baseball. Um, but it was a bad contract, and he got out from under it. And just, I mean, kudos to Chris to coming up with that idea of, hey, I'll take on your crap contract because I've got the money to buy it out if you'll send me one of your best pitchers. Uh, kudos to Brady for taking it and getting rid of that contract going into free agency next year. And just tough luck for Chris that he, you know, as soon as this guy got there, he gave him yeah, a good dose of Yeah, unfortunately, 80-game suspension. I guess there's a chance uh, Frankie Montaz will be be back for a um, yeah, last, league championship chief last week of the season. season. So, yeah, that's uh, – but just the timing of all of that was what I found to be incredible. Um the trade was agreed to the day before. Uh, the trade is made official that Friday afternoon. And within hours, if not less than two hours, that news breaks. And uh, it's just 
wow. Um, that's Well, let's go ahead and put this out there now that when something like that does happen, the trade was agreed to on Saturday, so win, lose, or draw, that trade was getting oh, yeah. approved. Whether that suspension came out like 10 seconds later, the trade's getting approved. Um, it's just crazy that it got approved. Everybody got their email and everybody's like, yeah. oh, wow, look. No, that that's happened. a really oh, good wow, point. Look, yeah, that no, that happened. Once that trade was ag- agreed <laughs> so, upon and everyone accepted on both ends, that trade's going through regardless of the news before it's pushed through. It's just the timing of all that was just the, uh, the outstanding part um, on Friday afternoon. And and let's kind of put a bow yes. on on this conversation. I, I think what the trade tells us now, obviously Frankie Montaz is not going to be the guy that Chris was hoping for, but it tells us a couple of things. The league is still active, and the league is now, I think, going to even just, I think the activity of trades is going to ramp up in a lot of ways. But it tells us on a team like Wichita White Wolves, who are the league reigning league champions, they are still looking to get better for 2019. And uh, there's probably going to be more moves there. I agree. I think you're about to see a flurry, especially if we keep driving home the fact that the trade deadline is August 11th. Um, Because I think people in this league, the way this league works and how long it is, because we start so early before, it can get to a point where you forget what's going on and things are approaching. So just remember, the trade deadline is coming up August 11th, and I think there are teams across the league even is sitting at four and eight or, I mean, those are the worst records in the league right now at four and eight. I don't think Brady's done. And I don't know that Brady's moves are going to be to benefit him this year. I think Brady is willing to talk anybody that to an extent that can help other teams, as long as it helps him too. Um, I don't think that I am going to sit back. I'm not going to be like, all right, four and nine or whatever I am now, four and eight. Uh, I'm done playing. Let's see y'all next year. When we do free agency, uh, I don't think Blake's going to do that. I think you're going to see decisions made by teams that maybe you haven't heard from in a while or things like that. And it just could, it could be a very interesting summer. We are not even to the all-star break yet. So this season is far from over. If you look at the points and just how many points people are scoring and the way things are shaken up, I don't think anybody outside of probably Brady is out of the playoff race and he has the same record as me. <laughs> And around the league we go. Obviously, Wichita White Wolves pulling out a victory, two ninety one to two ninety point eight three against Zach. Justin, let's pay attention to the other games and let's begin with the Facebook game of the week. Yes, that is the Van Buren boys against the Royal Ruckus in Week Thirteen, and uh, this is the stinker game of Week Thirteen and Van Buren boys. They lose 250 to 272 to Luke's Royal Ruckus. Justin, let's start with the winning team here. Uh, Luke's team finds themselves now a game under 500, but with a victory here, now six and seven. And they're only their second divisional win, now at two and five on the season against the Van Buren boys, who have now lost two in a row. Royal Ruckus. Uh, can they continue their winning ways? Well, it's got to be kind of a gut punch to get Mike Clevenger back and then immediately lose him again. Mm-hmm. Um, so Luke Luke's team has been one that at one game under 500 has been pretty interesting to watch just to see 
Um, he's had a big year from Mondesi. Obviously, the usual Alex Bregman looks great. Um, but that pitching staff, again, with all the injuries, he's been injured most of the season with a lot of the names you relied on last year to help put up points have been out. And unfortunately, like I said, Clevenger comes back in, sprains his ankle, and goes right back out. Um, I'm not sure if Luke is in a place that he's going to make some moves to kind of stay competitive this year or if it's kind of let's just see what we've got. We've got a ton of openings for pitchers next season. Uh, I don't think that Luke is the type to sit back and do nothing, but I'm kind of he's one of the, the teams I've kind of marked to say, like, I want to see what he does because he's got some pretty he's got a decent offense up there and it's a def- decent offense that's going to be around for a while. So if he does decide to make some trades to maybe get a better pitcher, he's got some controllable pieces that he could probably fill spots in free agency next year if he needed to. Um I I mean I just would enjoy to I would enjoy seeing him win some more games just to kind of keep it interesting through we get through these next couple months of just long weeks and podcasts that we have to for some reason agreed to do every week. I would like the competition to say close so we have something to talk about. Yeah, outside but, of singing seals. Yeah, well, both these teams now obviously uh here 13 weeks in their records are a little different. They're on the opposite sides of of two games uh, over under 500 here, eight, five, six, and seven. But both these teams, I think, fit into that category you're talking about, Justin. They're going to be interesting teams to pay attention to because not only as the trade deadline approaches, but just as the summer unfolds. And, uh, you know, I think we see this, and not just in Major League Baseball, but we see this in fantasy baseball. As summer unfolds, we begin to see separation from top and bottom. Now, I admittedly, I think we're going to see less separation than we've ever seen in Harry Dole fantasy baseball. And and to be quite honest, I, as you mentioned earlier, I I think six shooters uh, are clearly separated at this point from every other team. But uh, we are going to see some kind of separation. Now, if things you know take up for Will Ruckus and continue to slide down for Van Buren boys. Those teams become incredibly interesting to see, you know, do they add pieces? Do they build for future? You know, how does all this kind of work in and what what are these owners thinking? Those are going to be uh, some, I think there'll be fascinating conversations as one of the owners in this league, but it'll be really fun to pay attention to, you know, is with little money that Royal Ruckus has and the assets that he has, does he go for it? Or does he pull back and say, you know what, there may be some other things I can do here. You know, just paying attention to that. That'll be interesting. I think it, looking on the other side, you look at the Van Buren boys now on a two-game slide. Uh, as they go into the next couple of weeks, um, this week they've got a, a good matchup against the uh, against six shooters. And then coming out of that, Bolding Beavers, one of the hotter teams in the league. The week after that, they will be taking on censored by commission. They've got some games they can win over the next three weeks. But towards the end of the season, if you start looking at how their schedule stacks up, they've got some big. They they got they got to come out of these next couple of weeks with some wins to stick pace with where they're at because they'll have the they'll have some of the bigger names, some of the top teams that are competing for those six spots right there with them. So, um, I'm just I, I want to see how that shakes up for them as well. Bolding Beavers taking on the Six Shooters. Victory over Brady's 4-9 and nine Six Shooters Ball Club. 
Six shooters now find themselves two and six against their divisional foes. Folding Beavers improve to five and one uh, against their divisional foes. Now back on the winning side of things here in week 13, 287 to 246. Justin Bolding Beavers, you know, a, a loss just a week ago, finding themselves in the W column here again. And that's, that's despite, uh, this goes for both teams here, but that's despite just a really poor pitching performance this week. And we've said for the last, I don't know how many episodes about Land's current winning ways is that his pitching staff has been what's kind of, you know, not been surprising, but looking at the names on it, it should be a solid pitching staff. So uh, when you see that it was his offense this week, that at times the, you know, the moves, Christian Yelich obviously was a great addition. And that's kind of when it seemed to all start coming together for him. Uh, 86 points from that pitching staff with Scherzer, who can we go ahead and give him Badass of the Week award for taking one off the chin and striking out 10 guys the next <laughs> night? Um, and I guess I, I should apologize to Land because two weeks ago I said congratulations on finding Lucas Giolito and uh, him being the second coming of Scherzer, and then he goes out and does a three-point week. And then Madison Bumgarner, who's been all over ESPN and all over uh, the athletic and everything about Every team that wants to compete should be calling up and getting him in a trade, uh, negative three. So that doesn't help the trade value right there for him, at least in our league or the major leagues, I guess. Uh, this week, it's just Brady's team is doing what Brady's team has done, and he's got huge names. Paul Goldschmidt with 11. I mean, I don't think he ever would have thought when this year started that there would be multiple weeks with the names on his lineup that we would say Domingo Santana was his lead scorer. Oh, I agree. You Did there? you want me to say something about that? <laughs> I was done. I'm running oh, out of steam okay, gotcha. here. My voice is slipping. <laughs> Beards of Glory with a onslaught against censored by the commission. 324, the only team to not only get the 300, but to break the 300 barrier, 324 against censored by the commission at 285. And Beards of Glory did it this week with their offense. The highest offensive scoring team this week, 13, 226 points. And they are just shy of 100 on the pitching side, but it didn't matter because this offense is clicking and now to the tune of a three game winning streak nine and four on the season six and two against rick vaughn division opponents and they are in first place this is a team that has really come on in, in the last uh three or four weeks especially and beards of glory now that their offense has really come together it would seem is a team behind the likes of Freddie Freeman and DJ LeMahieu, Javier Baez with a huge Sunday afternoon, um, and guys like, can we say, Shinsu Chu, who's having a good 2019 campaign, and Eddie Rosario, and let's not forget the rookie of the year, hands down, Pete Alonso. Uh, Justin, when you look at Beards of Glory offense, is, is this sustainable? Is this that good of an offense? When you see the names on it, I mean, 
Javier Baez, huge year last year for Chris. Great offseason pickup for Colby. DJ LeMahieu, I don't think you're ever going to get 45 points from that guy again. He literally was a trade piece that, that Colby picked up, and I just traded him to him and dropped the guy he traded to me immediately just because I wanted to get it off the books, even though it was only a couple bucks. But the Pete Alonzo pickup that he has this year, that's – Pete Alonso has been surprisingly good. I don't know if it's sustainable, but let's not discount the fact that this game, Blake was winning this game before today. This is another shot of Blake having a shot to win, and at the end of the week, it doesn't happen. Um, I mean, this this the game, 75 points on Sunday yeah. is what Colby put up today. And this game, I know talking to Blake was hanging out over here last night, talking to him, he was like, man, if I get a decent game, granted, he knew he was going up against Verlander and somebody else today and and, and whoever was throwing today, uh, Verlander and Cole Hamels, and he didn't get the – He unfortunately, Mike Soroka gets hit by a pitch. That's why pitchers shouldn't hit. Um, gets hit by a pitch and comes out in the second inning today or something, and uh, it just fell short for Blake, 26 points total for the day. But on the – on the total for the week, Blake, again, very consistent, 143 or 144 for the pitching staff, or 143 for the pit, hitting the offense, 142 for pitching. I mean, he's putting up points, he's coming up just short. Again, 285 is not a huge number. It does win you a lot of games in most weeks, maybe not every game every week. You want to be over 300 points. Um, I, this is just another one of those, like you said earlier, separation is going to be close this year. And who knows? And now the game we've all been waiting to talk about. The Los Tigres taking on Aiken's Army in Week 13. This was the game that obviously you and I paid attention to, but this was a game, Justin, that I think think you would agree. We didn't talk off-air about this game yet, uh, saving it for now, but I think this is a game you would agree – where Monday made a big difference. It, this is the second time we've played in three weeks where I've spotted you 60 points yeah, on Monday. It's 50. So, yeah, mon- Monday, Monday, was a, Monday was a big deal. Yeah, what 71 to 20 on Monday. I'm no, I, I'm not saying that to say, oh, look, look what it's, it's just, it, it's interesting how, yes, we've played each other twice now in a month. And both the both times, I think both games in 2019, Army Tigris uh, Monday has made a big difference. Oh yeah, I, and we we had that big discussion last year, I think through the the podcast season about is month is early week points are they really as big of a deal as they are as you know people like to say? Did you collect enough points on Monday? Mondays are huge days. Mondays are off days. For for the Tigers, it was another week of uh, disappointment, another week of running up against a team that had uh, some double starts from their best pitchers. It's just the theme of our season right now. So, I mean, it's all good. I'm not going to bitch about it because I guess I sounded like I was bitching last episode and I'm not going to spend 20 <laughs> minutes bitching about it. Hey, could you um, just calm I'm actually down? Just not, okay. Just calm down. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bit. I'm not going to bitch about anything. I think every team in this league is doing a great job and I would hate to come on here and voice my opinion. And people think that it's just me bitching about my team. So congratulations, Travis. I'm really upset with JT Rilamuto for getting hit by a baseball and hurting himself for most of the week and only getting negative five points. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think I, I'm, we're all still waiting for you to score 500 points with that I'm offensive starting lineup that you have. 
Yeah. And it's, it's kind of starting to get annoying. It is. Um, and, uh, you know, this is a week where my pitching once again outscores my offense. And, uh, and for you, your offense was clicking really well. And it's just my pitching just happened to be that much better. But I, I want to go back, you know, uh, let's, let's talk about the early point thing. And this is just to kind of, we can kind of pull this into a general conversation about fantasy points and scoring and all those kinds of things. But it would seem to me weekends are huge in fantasy baseball. It seems, you know, weekends is where a lot of points kind of really start piling up. And so Mondays, for instance, as you mentioned, less games typically, they can make or break in a lot of ways. But I tend to think that Mondays, you can't win a week, but you sure can lose one on a Monday. Oh, I agree. I think if you have, you know, bad starts or no starts going, because I mean, if you're going to get two start weeks from people, you're going to get them on Monday and Tuesday if they're going to happen. So if a team's got three starts on Monday, that means they probably have three more starts ish, two to three more starts than you do going into the week. And if those three starts hit, and you're getting 10 to 15 to 20 points on those starts. I mean, you're digging, you're, you're starting off in a hole that's going to take a heck of a week on less work to, to catch up on. So, yeah, I think Mondays are, are very important. Uh, weekends, obviously, like I said, weekends will win or lose because everybody, nobody takes a Saturday or Sunday off because it's primetime baseball. It's the best time to get people in the seats. So, you're going to have games across the board for every team on a Saturday and Sunday, usually Friday as well. But those Mondays, if you can be lucky enough to catch a couple starts and maybe even a two thirds of your lineup going on Monday, you're pretty much setting yourself up to get a, a quick start and a, a just a head start on the early week. Yeah, and not that a bad Monday is insurmountable. There's obviously obviously six more days there to go, but uh, you know, it's just it's interesting. Every day matters, I guess, is kind of the ultimate point. And and baseball is baseball, and uh, you obviously, I think, you know, it, if being not a real thing, but something we do talk about, fantasy baseball momentum is something you want. And coming out early, you know, it's kind of getting getting the defense off the field quickly is one of those things you want to do. And uh, it, it seems to be a helpful thing to come out, in this case, uh, 40, 30, 40 points difference and kind of having that leg up with the days that lie ahead. Travis, congratulations to your Aikens Army. Congratulations to the Beards of Glory, Bolding Beavers, uh, Royal Ruckus, and then... Point one seven. Congratulations to <laughs> Wichita White Wolves for your 13 wins. It's time for everybody's second favorite segment of the show right after the first pitch. <laughs> it's the middle section where we fill it with whatever we can get two to three minutes of content out of. And I am excited for this week because, Travis, we're into those long months of the summer where, again, we say the same thing every week just with different names of different teams. And it's time for us to go. I mean, I think preachers call mm. it sabbatical, yeah. where you take some time away to really look at yourself and figure out what you're doing and if it's worth it. <laughs> I don't know if that's what preachers do, but that's what we're going to do. Um, <laughs> I question my so, life choices. <laughs> so, this just in 
we will not have a show next week hosted Whoa. by Travis and Justin because Travis and Justin will be going on a fantasy baseball podcast beach, sabbatical. A beach sabbatical. To tropical regions of the world. A, pe- a beach sabbatical. And um, I'm not a preacher, so mine will probably involve libations. <laughs> That's a big word. So we decided <laughs> to just put everybody's name in a hat. <laughs> name in a hat. And we are going to pair up oh. who we think should host oh, I, next week's that show. Was, that was so Travis, I'm gonna throw out, I was throwing out there. You really want to do that? Yeah, I'm doing it. I've already got the oh. names written out. Um, we have <laughs> we have some matchups here, and then we're gonna. I, I've narrowed my my power rankings down, and I will announce who will be hosting okay. just a bit outside next week at the end so of this. You're in, you're in Texas. I'm in Oklahoma. You have names and a, and a and a hat or some kind of container, and you were really just gonna draw the duo for next week. I'm, now is this yeah, here we go. is this legally binding? Hosting. The names you draw must Yeah, they okay. have to do it. I like this. I think this is a great way to involve the rest of the league and to get some other voices talking Harry Dole fantasy baseball. So let's hear it. So, and this is actually gonna be a curveball because we are gonna bring in a producer next week. Oh my So this the, is a the, three hey, person show next no week. No one can replace Lan. No one. <laughs> Hey, Lan, what do you think of that? Hey, Lan, uh, if you're alive, text us, please. Hey, Lan, um, hi. <laughs> we miss you. Hey, tr- hey Justin, Here we true, go. Or, true or false, do you miss Lan? Here we go. <laughs> Taking the role of head host. Oh. Which is Travis's role here. Whoa. The man... With all the personality, the man who runs the show and comes up with different accounts on Zencaster so we don't have to pay for it, the person who will take the coveted Travis Aiken seat next week. The lead host? will be The lead okay. host will be none other than Blake <laughs> Mitchamore. <laughs> I feel like the energy in the room will be exactly the same. Are you... Did you really draw that name out of a hat? Yeah, I did. I really did. I have a hat with everybody's name in it. <laughs> Sitting in the second I, I chair. Can't, I can't go on vacation now. I've got to stay and host the podcast. Taking my position, who is generally considered the hype man <laughs> and the funny. Sorry, Travis. I know you think you're funny, but I'm the funny. <laughs> will be none other than Mr. Zach Howley. Oh. <laughs> and producing the show and making sure it sounds crystal clear and eventually, and every once in a while dropping in pr- correct pronunciations and stats. <laughs> so it's the only one guy that can fit that description. Will be Chris Dockett. Wow. So boys, come up, come up with your own name, come up with your own music, come up with your own intro. And be sure you start recording at 9.50 on a Sunday night when you have to work extended hours the next day. (laughs) And then not know until 10.20 that you have to actually edit this after it's over because it's not Zencaster that does it automatically. (laughs) Um, Yeah. 
best of luck to you boys. I will be drinking something that tastes fruity. Wow. Uh, <laughs> congratulations, uh, Blake, Zach, producer Chris Dockhill. Wow. Uh, guys, um, as you hear this right now, uh, you are the week 14 host of the fill-in crew for just a bit outside. And we do have analytics, and once we see what y'all's listens look like compared to ours, we will cut you 20% of the proceeds from our wonderful advertisement that Travis has recorded and that you've heard numerous times. <laughs> Moving on to week 14 preview, Travis. These are the games. This week, these are the games that Blake, Zach, and Chris will be talking about, correct? All yes. Right. Week 14. Most Tigres takes on Bolding Beavers and what would many would consider probably a rivalry game. Six Shooters takes on the Van Buren Boys and what many would have considered last year is the Toilet Bowl. Ebony and Ivory takes on the Aikens Army as Aikens Army looks to continue climbing up the standings in their division. Royal Ruckus takes on Censored by the Commish for the bottom of that division on their side. And finally, Wichita White Wolves takes on the Beards of Glory and what I'm calling the Game of the Week, the Amazon Game of the Week. We're sponsored now. It's the Prime game of the week <laughs> two first place teams matching up in a wit of strength and strategy and fantasy just a bit outside fantasy baseball travis when you look at this game this <laughs> list of games outside of your game which game are you going to pay attention to while you're getting drunk on a beach nope 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 listen there is hands down let's not talk about any other game it's wichita white wolves and beards of glory both teams are in first place both teams are on winning streaks both teams are sitting atop the entire league one and two beards of glory wichita white wolves respectively and fantasy points uh, and total uh, record in 2019 this is a monster matchup for the middle of the season. These are two titans. These are two really good teams. These are two teams on on high moments in this season. This is the game that we are paying attention to in week 14. I am paying attention. <laughs> paying attention. Sorry, that came we out gotta, So we got to wrap this up. I am paying up. attention to this. <laughs> I'm paying attention to this game, and I do want to see the Van Buren boys. I want to see if they get back on the winning side, especially up against Brady's team, because I do think the next three to four weeks for them will be very key as they push towards the playoffs and towards a certain, like, obviously, top two teams get their bye. But do you want that other team you're taking off to be a streaking team that's put up a bunch of points, or do you want to be the team playing the, you know, you want to be the highest ranking team you can at that point? So I, that's the game I want to keep an eye on. And I'm just interested to see if any other trades come down, if anybody else gets suspended for drugs. And um, do we have any kind of owners? If like an owner gets drunk in Mexico, do they get kicked out of the league or uh, anything? Uh, let me, no, there's no bylaws on that. Uh, I guess we should write that in there. Well, Travis, I know well, you like see. to do your traditional Eric Nadell exit to the show. But before you do that, I would just want to give our good friend. Zola the seal, the opportunity to okay. send us Sounds out. Sounds good. Sorry. 
sounds, it sounds just like Star Wars, didn't it? For Justin Deering, I'm Travis Higgins. You've been listening to Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball's very own Just a Bit Outside. So long, everybody. Una Monster Vesa, por favor. <laughs> <laughs>